Welcome to the Expatcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and somewhere along the line in the last couple weeks, months, not sure, there's been a couple new new listeners out there. <laughs> so if you're one of those people who has climbed on board the Expatcast train in the last couple weeks, I want to say, hey, hi, welcome. And in recognition of that, I was thinking about how it's super weird for me when I listen to podcasts all the time, and then I finally see what the person looks like. And Honestly, most of the time, I'm like, that's not at all how I was picturing them based on their voice. So I wanted to put my face to my voice for you guys. And I did that on Instagram this week. I played a little game called Two Truths and a Lie. So I put three facts out there and only two of them were true. And one of you guys was able to guess it right. So my Instagram buddy, um, I don't know how you pronounce the Instagram name, but I'm going to call it Skoggle, S-K-O-G-L-E, guessed correctly. So congrats to you. I I have no wine to raise to you, but I will raise my next cup of tea to you, my friend. (laughs) So you can find that post on Instagram at The Expat Cast, and we're also on Facebook and on Twitter, also at The Expat Cast. I do also want to say for you new listeners, if you're liking what you're hearing, please do go ahead and leave a rating and a review on iTunes because that super duper helps, especially with small podcasts like mine. You know, a lot of the podcasts I listen to are run by networks or um, honestly, most of what I listen to is NPR based. (laughs) And so, of course, they have way more methods of how to reach new people. I am a one lady show. And so your ratings and reviews really help boost us up the iTunes charts and the different podcast charts and help new listeners find their way to this little happy corner of the internet. (laughs) So again, on your podcast app of choice, leave a rating and a review, please, and thank you. And I guess in case the two truths and a lie left you wanting more from me and wanting to know more about me personally, you're in luck because this week's episode It's pretty personal. I don't know. I I share a lot of things on the podcast, but I'm usually in conversation with others about their lives, right? This time, I sat down with my parents, and I've got really complicated feelings about moving abroad and and what that's done to my parents. And and when they came and visited me a couple weeks back, I, I wanted to do a podcast with them, but I was super nervous about it because I was like, oh God, all of my complicated emotions are going to come out. All of their complicated emotions are going to come out. And, you know, maybe they did, but actually the conversation wasn't traumatic or anything. It was beautiful and wonderful and and really helpful for me, and and I hope for them too. And it just smacks me in the face again how incredible both of my parents are and how lucky I am to have them. So you'll see what I mean when you listen to this episode. (laughs) Let's go ahead. Meet my parents. Hi, my name is Frank Palazzo. I was born and raised in the small town of Conshohocken, Pennsylvania, which is an Indian word meaning Pleasant Valley. And I have lived in Dresher, Upper Dublin Township, outside of Philadelphia for 33 years. I am Maureen Mikhail Palazzo. I was raised in Philadelphia for seven years, and then we moved outside of Philadelphia to a little borough called Rockledge. And guess who you guys are? Momsy and Popsicle. (laughs) You're my parents and I refer to you as Momsy and Popsicle because of the musical Wicked. And we're sitting together in Freiburg, Germany. You guys have been here for about a week now. Do you want to tell us? Let's start off just we can talk about the trip. You want to tell us where it started, where we've been, where we're going? We started spending two days to cold 
and uh, wet days in Zurich, Switzerland. And then we came up here to spend a couple days in Freiburg, which is very nice, great weather. And then two days after that in the Alsace, which was spectacular. And now we're back in Freiburg, spending a day in the Black Forest, also exceptional weather. And our final day will be tomorrow in Lucerne, Switzerland. We've seen a lot of beauty. I loved the small town in Alsace. Yeah? Do you remember what it was called? Something with an E was my favorite one. <laughs> we did go to, I think, five villages in one day, so it's fair that you don't remember. Dad? Yeah, my favorite was the same as hers, Eggersheim, followed closely by Kaisersburg. We also did Colmar and two other places I really can't pronounce. Reekville or something? And Reboville? Reboville. Ville? Yes. And today, I, I teased you guys a couple weeks ago, I came up with an awesome plan and then decided to surprise you with the specifics about it. So I just said, we're going on a Black Forest adventure, bring sneakers, and you didn't know what we were doing. But what did we do? The most amazing thing. We took a ski lift up into the Black Forest, and we rode down on a traversing path. <laughs> on, I don't even know what you'd call them, like little cars. We each had our own. We had um, stop and go. That was it. <laughs> it's sort of a roller coaster meets luge course. The, in German, it's the Rudelbahn. Their English translations were saying, yeah, roller coaster. But I found that a little strange since we're not like all in a conjoined car. It's like you control it yourself. But I've always seen them in like the Alps and things like that. Or I've seen videos online. I've always wanted to do it. And I found that there was one nearby. So I knew that mom would freak out about it. <laughs> and she did. I did. It was amazingly fun. And this town that we were in, it's called Totnau. And it was a double win because mom loves fun things like that like little adventure activities. Dad, you've got a thing for waterfalls. <laughs> I do. And how did Toad now deliver? Yeah, the uh, waterfall was uh, spectacular. Uh, one of the longer ones I've seen. I mean, really, you couldn't, I couldn't get it all in one frame of my camera. That's how long it was. And yeah. plenty different angles. And we probably took 200 pictures. My dad always makes these collage calendars at the end of the year with all the pictures from the different activities that throughout the year and um yeah i think i'll have sufficient pictures for that <laughs> yeah it'll be a challenge cutting it down to uh you know 12 months actually i could probably fill the whole calendar the whole year with the pictures from this trip and possibly just castle pictures <laughs> we saw countless castles we went a little crazy with the castle hopping, yeah. <laughs> but it was nuts. I mean, you can just be standing in a field and look up and see the outline of like seven of them. How true. And then once you're up there, you just see for miles and miles around nothing but vineyards and different colors of green shouting out at you. It's just gorgeous. As an American... As we drive cross country in the USA, there are always giant signs that you are leaving one state and entering another. And this is our second time being in Germany. Last time we traversed from Germany into Austria, it was, oh, really? We just changed countries? There's really not a lot of signage to let you know you just did that. Nor did they ask for our passports, which was very disappointing. <laughs> and this time we started in Switzerland drove into Germany. Maybe there was a small sign? Although, there, no, we came through a toll booth, so we knew 
But the guy just waved friendly to us. Yeah. Shucks. I wanted to show my passport. (laughs) I want a stamp. (laughs) Exactly. And then we went over to France, and it was even less challenging to change countries. Yeah. Yeah, so you just mentioned that you were in Germany once before, and that was when I was visiting Germany for about three months, almost three years ago now, I guess. And that was your first Germany adventure. We went to Meersburg on the Bodensee, and then Munich, and then into Salzburg. But this was different. This time you were visiting me as a person who who lives here. So what was that like for you guys? For one thing, you were more proficient in the language. So that was impressive and quite helpful. I guess for another, you know, this is more like your life here. So we're getting a little insight into, you know, what a a day in the life of Nicole is. Whereas last time a day in the life was I just hung out in the basement of my boyfriend's aunt's place. (laughs) Until with their he, cats. Yeah, with their cats until he came home. So <laughs> it's, it's a different profile. Plus the place that you and Gordon shared on the other side of town, we only witnessed on House Hunters International. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so the other day we saw the courtyard where it was, but we really unfortunately never got to see the teeny tiny space and the window that you climbed out to put laundry out. (laughs) (laughs) I promise it's not that pretty to look at. (laughs) We are pretty sure also that it's not very nice there. But what a lovely neighborhood feel this place has. And it's really um, comforting, I think, as we leave tomorrow to know that you are attached to a family and little children who burst into smiles and can't wait for you to get out of the car so they could tell you what they did today. Yeah, that's been really cute. The family that we, so our apartment is sort of like the in-law suite of a family house and there's a family with four kiddos next door and they, the parents can communicate a bit in English, but the kids not at all. Um, which of course, normally I'm talking to them in German or trying to, though with the two-year-old, sometimes between our mutual language issues, we don't get very far. (laughs) But it's been so cute this week because they clearly are very excited that there's these people here, but they don't know what to say or how. So there's a lot of just waving as we come and go. The other day when we left town, I think we had a whole line. We were like, it's like the Von Trapps here. (laughs) They're just waving (laughs) us. (laughs) And today we were greeted by the two-year-old who just was bursting into smiles like they're back and it was clear that their parents had explained that we were nicole's parents also to them what to make of that they weren't sure and what to make of the words like foreigners what does that mean so i would say nicole back to you how how has this trip been different than the last one yeah it's definitely different i mean before i'd been basically nowhere in like germany or really that corner of europe at all I was pretty antsy to get going, you know? And this has been really different in that this is my life now. And so some of the places we've been in the Alsace, like Eggesheim and Colmar, I'd been to for just a couple of hours each. But And in terms of like travel, it was really interesting to me how much of a difference it made to staying there overnight because it is possible to do day trips there. And it was like, oh, like should I should I say something that we shouldn't stay there because we could just drive back and forth? But no, it's a totally different experience just staying there and like really relaxing and, and waking up to the vineyards and all that. So from a travel experience, totally different. And from a general you guys visiting thing, yeah, also also totally different because there are way more things on my list of what I wanted to show you in Freiburg that was like probably dumb stuff. No, not that important. <laughs> like we went to my favorite grocery store, the Lidl in my old neighborhood that I love so much. <laughs> and we drove past this place. We used to always go and get chicken cordon bleu. 
and we went on we did my commute together that made me really happy all these kind of little things getting to show you my office and whatever and that was really important to me just because it feels you know since I am so far away and yeah from your last trip you might have a vision of Germany in general but you don't have a vision you can't really picture me in my life doing the things that I do um, whereas now when I say oh I took that little walk to the overlook of Freiburg now you'll be like, right, that's the one you dragged us to when we just wanted to go home because we were hungry and it was eight o'clock in the evening. Joking aside, like you'll be able to understand what I'm talking about. And to me, that's comforting. So I like to eat my dinner <laughs> at like 5 p.m. 4.30 even. Well, I'll flex it a little below, five, you know, before five or after five. But truly, I was thrown into the European dinner and interestingly enough, we were trying to skip lunch yesterday in France and just do dinner. And we had switched to a different tiny village. And the answer was most of the restaurants were not even open yet. And those that were going to open were opening at 6 p.m. Or even 6.30. Or 6.30. So it's very interesting that now obviously everyone can adjust. But it truly is a different lifestyle. So I, I will say that, you know, planning this trip and then carrying it out, it's has an interesting twist to it because, you know, we you want to find the balance between absorbing your life here and just being together with you, which we've probably spent more hours with you in the last week than we have in the last several years. So doing that, balancing that with sightseeing, because I, I would admit to being a type A personality when it comes to sightseeing. And so I think we struck a pretty good balance this time. We saw a lot of things, but we weren't super stressed about it. And um, I think we got a pretty good picture of what your life is like here. And, you know, we haven't gotten, I think, on each other's nerves just yet. <laughs> we, still even, time. <laughs> we even allowed Nicole and Gordon maybe once or twice to just sit down, lay on a rock, and relax. Oh, that's right. That only lasted 10 minutes. We were like, it's say, time to move on. <laughs> we were still on a timer. But I think it made me also this visit made me realize that in moving abroad, it is different than when you visited me in South Carolina or in Chicago. Whereas in those places, we did some sightseeing as well, for sure. But also there was more, the focus was less split. You know, the focus is more like, okay, well, we're here for a shorter amount of time. And we're just gonna, you know, do whatever. And yeah, I think leading up to this, it was tough for me to like figure out how to balance this because on the one hand I do a want to see the world with you guys I think this is like an amazing benefit of living abroad is that it's it's we're gonna kind of have to continue <laughs> meeting up in, in weird places as long as this goes on and I think that's so cool and that's one thing but b is also I know it's your vacation and you're spending a bunch of money and, and giving all your vacation days to be here and so I want you guys to get what you want out of it but then also see I'm like oh man it would be cool you know, one of my ideas had been like, maybe we could just like go to a beer garden or something one night and, and see if I could get a bunch of my friends to come out so you could meet them too. And I ended up not even trying to make that happen just because it's been a really busy couple of weeks for me and, and trying to coordinate that was just going to be way too much. And I knew for us too, you know, we've got enough to do, you know, that's the kind of thing that we, we could and have done in my other locations that I've lived. But here, at least right now, it's like, yeah, that's it's not really the top priority or there, there's not really enough time for that to, if we're gonna keep a balance. Yeah, so you mentioned that you've noticed my language has gotten better. So I've been here now like a year and a half. This is the first time you guys have been here. How how have your general feelings about me moving abroad or living abroad developed or changed over, over this time or have they? Well, I guess I'll go first. I mean, as your father, 
the, the beginning was rough just because that transition and, you know, maybe dealing with the expectations that you would have, you know, taken a job in the States and that not happening, you know, so that was a rough stage. And then, but then the worst part was the, that transition away from your uh, internship, essentially, until you got a job. Um, I was actually probably pretty grateful that I wasn't seeing your life. <laughs> um, and I would say something, you know, from my standpoint, this whole expat experience, it's been, I know about your life, what you allow me to know. And while that doesn't, it's not what I would choose, probably been a blessing that I didn't know all of the suffering that I've come to learn by listening to your other podcasts. <laughs> but now, so, so now it's like, it's a lot more relaxed because you have a steady job and you're, you guys are, you know, now have a little bit of income and a better apartment. So it's a little bit more like, okay, well, this is, you know, you're st start, almost starting your life together with, with Gordon and happens to be here. Mom. Well, my first comment was going to be to finish uh, with Dad's angst thing. I mean, knowing that they really didn't even have a bed was a little concerning. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's good to see there is an actual bed sitting in the bedroom. But That's the really nice. Money. Thank you, HGTV. <laughs> exactly. Um, concern about you being here. Um, I say to people the truth. You were independent from the get-go at six months she must have crawled right to the steps stood up and looked back like hmm what are you going to do about it crawled across the room the second time and started climbing up the kid the boys you know toys to get onto the couch that's <laughs> how life started my father's greatest nightmare was my daughter at under the age of two up the top of a 14-foot ladder in a room we were constructing, he walked in and he said, Maureen, what is your problem? Get her out of there. And I said, trust me, she'll come down. <laughs> so there began our adventure. Um, yeah, I mean, Charleston was the first adventure. And I said, you choose it, you can go, honey. But you're not necessarily going to be able to get back on the spur of the moment. It has to be a plan. Um, and from Chicago, she greeted us, or not Chicago, Charleston. We went for a visit and found out that she was leaving Charleston and had a spreadsheet of all the possibilities and then said, basically, I'm going to Chicago. I just have a little bit more work to do there to go get a library degree. So yeah, next trip, it was a wedding where she told us, um, I'm going to go to Germany. So Little Miss Independent has been independent since day one. Um, I didn't discourage it, so I must continue to encourage it. Um, and she's very, very happy here. And they've got a great relationship with each other. And as long as that continues, then God bless. Because me putting my stubbornness into it and saying that she can't would be ridiculous because she she can. <laughs> and I feel like you probably also caught on over the years that saying I can is a pretty good encouragement for me to give it my all to try. <laughs> How true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's my best quality, but it's definitely present. I can admit that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's been a lot. And it's like, I'm always keenly aware of the fact that this was not 
something either of you necessarily thought you were signing up for with a kid, you know? <laughs> but we have a second, you know, we have three all together. And so we have one that wants to stay in the general vicinity and hang with all his childhood friends. And we have one that left us also and went to college and never came back home. And I think he's covered, I think one day he counted at least eight states that he has lived in. Um, and come May, he's taken another turn and graduating with his MBA and heading from Bloomington, Indiana and moving himself out to Austin, Texas. So maybe I did too good of a job, Frank, um, at making them be independent thinkers. <laughs> <laughs> because now we always seem to have to jump on a plane and get to our children. Well, it is crazy when you think about, you know, as you both said in the beginning, you're basically from Philadelphia and moved to different parts of that area, right? And that's true for most of your family members as well. And even, I mean, between the two of you, the family members of like cousins, aunts, uncles is about 60 people. Maybe that's a bit exaggerated, 50 at least. Oh, easily. You know? And mm-hmm. what, 40 are in that Philadelphia area still? <laughs> and then like another five are in like the New York sort area. Of wider three-hour radius area and it's your two (laughs) two of your three (laughs) two out of three can't stay home (laughs) i I don't know if i've ever i probably mentioned this nicole when i came back from when i graduated college and was getting an apartment with a buddy of mine 20 minutes from home my mother had a fit and she was really disappointed in me because why wasn't i on the block essentially the same block that she lived in so, you know, it's, you have to appreciate it. this is not how we were raised. And, you know, it's been an adjustment. And like Maureen said, we're fiercely proud of the independence that our children have. We have seen others be fuddled by a simple flight somewhere. And, you know, our kids have gone to foreign countries solo and figured it out. So we're very proud of that. And uh, we enjoy the upside of it, you know, uh, visiting you, uh, visiting Drew. So, you know, we good and the bad, I guess, is what I want to say about it. But, you know, it's been an adjustment, I would say. Thank God for WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, right? Can you imagine? I mean, think about that actually a lot. Like, especially like in our family, the history of migration is, I think, the, what, the, the furthest date back is like mid-1850s. One of the family branches moved over to America. The rest of it was more recent. So these people were not, I mean, that's not that long ago in the grand scheme of things. And the choices that they were making were they must have felt really super permanent, you know, like you're leaving Ireland or, or Italy or Germany and, and you're you're going. Like you're not going to be in contact with the people you leave. You're never going to see them again unless they happen to move to the town that you're from. Maybe you exchange a couple letters, but, you know, even people who moved within the country before all this technology would basically have to say bye to their family. And if that were still true, I don't know if I could do it because that's awful. Yeah, and, and with communication, like something that my dad mentioned earlier is that I'm pretty... I'm like very specific with my privacy. And I think too, even on the podcast, there's plenty of stuff that I choose not to share here or, or on social media, or I only t- choose to talk about it way later when I'm like, okay, now I feel like I can talk about this thing or that thing. And not always important things, just like I'm, I'm a little bit prickly about that whole thing. And I think for you guys, when I first moved away at 18, um, I probably was, yeah, I mean, I was still a teenager. I was probably terrible at communicating, <laughs> honestly and openly. And I think especially with this, 
move abroad, for me, it helped throw that disconnect into light and made me more aware of what you do and don't know about my life and what I do and don't share with you directly versus what you end up hearing through the grapevine, you know? And I've tried to, it made me think about it more so then I tried to do a better job about sharing and talking. Though, of course, the time difference, they make it a bit more complicated too, for sure, but... But now that she and Gordon have enough money to afford Wi-Fi... <laughs> <laughs> we'll be able to communicate again. Yeah, Being without it the last couple of months was pretty tough on all of us because there just was no way other than an email. And I'm not an email kind of person because you don't get inflection. You don't get real conversation. I, I will say, and not to be overly uh, melodramatic about it, as a parent, you go through many different phases with your children. <clears throat> and so right now we're in a phase where it approaches friendship. And that is one of the downsides of being in the parents of an expat is it's, it's a distant friendship. It's, you know, maybe, you know, what, once or twice a year uh, that we could see you in person. You know, your brother who lives in Philadelphia, we see, you know, a few times a month. We go play, play around the golf together. I'm helping him with his house. Those things are important to us. You know, so it's we're in this part where parenting isn't really a big need for us. But, you know, you get to enjoy the people that your children have become. So, you know, we lose that a little bit. But like I say, there is the upside of, you know, because we have the means to travel a bit, we get to see beautiful places with you. And, um, you know, when you come to see us, you know, you're a bit like a tornado that blows in and blows out. <laughs> How but, true. <laughs> you know, we, we do get at least a chance to do some things together. But that's also something I got to I gotta self-advocate for a little bit. I've gotten so much better at that since I moved here. To Germany because I I think that's also something that I became more aware of is that I can't it, it's not really fair to like to the relationship that I have with you guys to be like okay I come in I sleep at your house but then breakfast is with one friend in the between I grab coffee with another then lunch through the afternoon is an outing with another person I come home and eat dinner but then I leave again <laughs> you know that, that that's not totally fair and that's not what I want either and so I've made way more conscious choice to to be at home and also to make the plans with you guys first and let everything else follow. But we still expect that you'll the be tornado. running. Yes. <laughs> and and that's, for me, that's okay. And I welcome some of it because the girls will come to the door and then we get to reconnect with all of your friends from high school. You're, there's just so many different friendship circles. And I just get so excited that with the distance and, and everything else that you have kept up with all those relationships. And there are just so many different pockets of friends and you've been able to do it. I, I guess I have to add that it's still, Nicole prefers reservations. <laughs> there, it's that's a little, fair. It's, we, apparently we've made it to the, we're on the priority list for reservations, <laughs> but we're best served if we, if we book in advance. And so she's coming home for a wedding, which God bless the people they invited us to her friendship circle her Jenny's wedding. So mom and Popsy get to go there. <laughs> that gives us more time with all of these young ladies now who are all getting married. But where was I going with this? So as a result, <laughs> we get pushed back a little bit because we fit in then. <laughs> you guys get the one week. The other week is with people that I, I put on back burner for visiting for yeah. a, a couple of years just by because life happened yeah yeah but it's amazing I mean yeah. last time she was in we got to see her friend Kelsey flew in and got to see Philly for the weekend so we got to see Kelsey that was a blast 
you know, then she's got her Charleston friends and she gets to see them this time. And even I said something to Nicole and said, Gordon needs to get down to North Carolina and see his family <laughs> that lives in America. <laughs> so hopefully Gordon's still working on that. I'll and- get there. <laughs> Because it is hard and there's so many pockets that they need to cover. But I will say that's another thing too. Like, so my brother Drew, who lives in Indiana and then soon to be Texas, you guys see him probably as much or even less than you see me. And and most of those times are you guys going to him. So I think I also deserve a bit of credit that I'm the one coming back. He drove home three times in four months from Indiana to spend a week with me. It was directly related to me having had cancer. However, he gave up his fall break. He came home for Thanksgiving week. He came home for like three weeks at Christmas. And I bring that up because I know some other expats, their relationships with the way they balance things with their family can lead to tension over the time because they're always the ones coming back, you know, and, and not just their parents, but all the people in their life. It's like they're the ones always giving up their vacation time to go see those people or they don't go and then those relationships die. And so I'm not feeling there yet, but that's also because I'm spending all of my time and money coming coming back because I don't like to but miss things. But it's not <laughs> her parents' fault. It's not your it's fault. Those it's those friends it's getting blends. married. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not that bitter about it. I, it's, it's an unrealistic solution and I need to slow down at some point. But yeah, I just bring it up because I think it is an area that, that a lot of people have to figure out and And these your opinions give more vacation days also which really allows nicole to be able to come back to the states yeah i mean looking ahead it's going to get a little trickier for us i mean right now no one has a family the general tendency is for people to come home around the big holiday of christmas when they start having families and they can't do it and then we're going to have to choose it's going to get a little hairy we we better hurry up and retire so we can (laughs) Spend a lot of time with all of you. But also hurry up and make a good few extra bucks because we're, we're, we're all sending you on planes all the time. Nice. I just, it is so crazy to think about who knew, you know, when you, <clears throat> I remember mom saying like her, you know, the big, the big vacation was down the Jersey Shore, which is what, two hours or something. And now, I mean, you guys already in your lives with your family, i.e. me and my brothers, <laughs> expanded that drastically. I mean, we were everywhere in the U.S. and Mexico and Canada and the Caribbean. I mean, we've been a lot of places and now it's even it's even wider and it's continuing. <laughs> I think that's a cool thing. And I think also maybe that's also your fault for, for traveling with us so much. You gave us all <laughs> the, the travel bug. bug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because even our home buddy Anthony's been to Iceland, he's been to Australia, New Zealand, Egypt, Egypt Greece. Greece. So yeah, we're starting to cover the world one one small step at a time. Yeah, the first time I stepped on a plane was I was twenty two, I guess, or just about twenty two, going for a job interview coming out of college. And you know, yeah, we made sure that you guys, you know, that you didn't have that experience. You were shown a lot more of, you know, the country and you know, to some extent the world at an earlier age. Yeah. And yeah, we reap what we so I guess. I know. Because we both were commuters when we started college. We did get there, which is, you know, more than some people could say. We got to college. We both graduated. But we were commuters. Frank did get to stay after uh, a year at home. But I commuted on the subway back and forth. And right away, we both looked at each other when we had babies and said, we got to save, save, save. And they've got to know that our goal is that they get the independence of living away so they gain some more independence and responsibilities. 
and experience. I mean, I lost so much inexperience by not having that. So no regrets on that one either, except that, gosh darn it, two out of three never made it back. (laughs) So I guess, you know, uh, listening to your your podcast, you know, that's everybody's got a different story about their relationship with the people they left behind. You're probably as close to the people back home as any of your guests have been. Is that is that right? I think so. I think if there's like a spectrum, I'm probably on the more connected side. Oh, yeah. Nicole's like the family celebrity now. Because <laughs> on the Palazzo side, they haven't left town at all. They have not traveled very much, maybe a cruise ship, but that's about it. And then on the Mikhail side, which is some 40 people, sometimes now we learn to simplify it and just have a day where we say, I'm going to let everyone come who wants to see you. Because yeah. that'll be easier, even though it's stressful, it's just easier on her not to have, to feel that she was home and she didn't see this aunt or that aunt. Or, yeah. And my mother is 90, and the first time she got in the, she got, got to talk to Nicole overseas, her eyes just lit up. She said, you, it sounds like you're next door. <laughs> I think she, I remember her asking, like, don't we have to pay a lot of money for this? Then <laughs> right. we had to explain what's up. And uh... One of the ma- most amazing things that you guys have done, well, pff, there's a long list. And I'm not saying that just to be <laughs> to be sweet or something. It's, it's true. You've done so many amazing things for me. But one that I didn't realize at the time how important it would be to me is that going away party that we had where I was, that was, again, that was total tornado Nicole move. I was... I worked until like a Wednesday in Chicago and then I drove to Drew's house in Lafayette, Indiana. Yeah, drove to Indiana and then we road tripped back to Philadelphia and I was there for like, what, four days before I flew to Germany and I started work two days after I got here. So it was a lot all at once and I wasn't, I was so busy planning everything else in my life that my visit to Philly was going to be, I, you know, I don't know, it'll be whatever it is. It's all I can manage. And you guys organized this great going away party where all of these different people that I've managed to maintain relationships with, or even a couple that I haven't seen in a while, like your friends, you know, growing up, we always saw your friends at different events, but as an adult, that's harder to manage. So they all came together and and I got to see everyone before I left. And that definitely gave me a lot of comfort and and good vibes leading into the move. And I also knew, I I mean, I was fully aware that this wasn't your favorite decision of mine at that time. (laughs) It's not like you guys are sitting there going, yes, this is what we've always hoped would happen. This is exactly it. But you were able to kind of put those feelings aside and and give me what I needed. So thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. Because I always look at your daddy and say, if she's happy, that's all that really matters. All right. Well, with that, we're going to transition to the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So I'm going to ask you three questions. You're going to answer them without thinking it, overthinking it. Just just go with your gut. And because there's two of you, you can both answer. Are you ready? Certainly. <laughs> what is your favorite foreign word that you've learned or used on this trip? Toilet in many languages. <laughs> My favorite word that I've learned that I haven't used, but I should have used, is Auskazeitnik. Oh, that one's right. my favorite, too. <laughs> it means awesome. Right. Auskazeitnik. I thought you were going to say Ausfart. <laughs> I just learned that today. Ausfart. <laughs> Very good. It feels like Beavis and Butthead. Ausfart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is the first thing that you want to eat or drink when you get back to America? For me, it would be a nice cold Coca-Cola or Pepsi. Anything except for a worst. <laughs> but probably Skippy peanut butter. Ooh, 
that's a good one. And you have to choose one. French wine, German beer, or Swiss chocolate. Of course, Swiss chocolate. I don't drink beer and wine. <laughs> that is tough. Uh, beer, probably. Uh, I do like wine, but like the Alsatian wines are not my favorite. So I would say the beer. So neither the German beers so far have, an, have also not been your favorite. Well, I've kind of locked in on the, when I see Dunkel. Yeah. Uh, that's, I'm pretty happy right there. <laughs> All right. Well, those are your sex, sex, sex. And this was our episode. Thanks for coming to visit me and thanks for coming on my podcast. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. You see what I mean? Momsy and Popsicle, they're pretty great. <laughs> Mom and Dad, I thank you guys a million times and I'll thank you a million more and it still won't be enough. Thank you so much for visiting me in Germany. Thank you for coming on the podcast and thank you for modeling to me every minute of every day what love and support truly mean. For you guys listening out there, I would really encourage you to have this conversation with your parents. I was really nervous about it, but that was all fear-based and the reality was something different. So I don't know if you guys have complicated relationships with your parents, easy ones, whatever it is, maybe take a second and ask them directly, honestly, what do you think about the fact that I moved abroad? If you want to let us know what you thought about this episode or others, find us on social media at The Expat Cast or email us at theexpatcast at gmail.com. Thank you as always to Gordon Eisenach, my partner in podcasting and in life, and Amy Lungi Art for the logo, as well as to Sidehug for the theme music. Next week on the show, we welcome a German woman who, after living in, what is it, like four or five different countries, is now taking off to travel the world. Until then, have a wonderful week.